0: Gold is boring again. We'll talk about why that's good in the face of a strengthening dollar. The 10 years is boring again. That's a good sign. all Qaeda was busy. We'll talk about Yal Qaeda. We'll talk about Afghanistan, the danger of forever wars, and why neither administration on either side ever cares about you. Only fans. About to have no fans. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the hypocrisy that is the American criminal justice system and Purdue Pharma. We'll also talk about yours truly coming down with COVID. So a lot to get to. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, the COVID-free Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 131 of bizarro world nick apparently this is now the second episode where i'm coming to the audience and you with covid on me
1: i don't even know what to, <laughs> to say you could have worse things on you i guess um i too have the antibodies from uh, not the infection but uh, from the jab and uh you sound okay, and so uh, I'll let you talk about it. But uh, also, gold wasn't very exciting for long. If it's boring again, that was fast. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, tell me about the COVID.
0: Um, you know, I guess I guess last week during the episode, I had the COVID. So as, as, as we talked last week, I was busy all week, you know, finalizing plans, for my wife's 40th birthday party, which was on a Friday evening. It was phenomenal. Happy belated to her. We had a great time. She had a great time, more more importantly, right? And so um, I ran around all last week um, preparing for the party and working out and running in 100 degree heat and doing my boxing workouts in the garage and going to the gym and just thinking that I was suffering the worst allergies of the year. I never had allergies until I came to Austin. It's the one downside to living in Austin and, and nearby here in Round Rock is, is the allergies. It's a seasonal thing. It takes the, while, the body a while to get used to. So all week, I just imagined that it was the worst week for allergies. You know, I was coughing some stuff up and you know some body aches but nothing that seemed you know extremely out of the uh, out of character or out of line with what i've experienced with allergies in the past so you know that was all last week did the episode had a couple of people mention to me that my voice sounded a bit strained i talk loud i talk a lot um so i just chalked it up to that right um so we have the party on friday the party is amazing she had a blast uh, happy with that got to celebrate with friends and family and um, <laughs> the very next day, my wife starts feeling symptoms, right? So mind you, this is now five days after, no, seven days after I'm feeling my initial set of symptoms, which coincidentally, and I don't think I even shared this with you, happened um, the evening that I was T-boned. So I, I was in a car accident. I don't think I've shared that with you off air last week. Choose. Uh- yeah, yeah. It's been an interesting week, right? So I'm, without rambling too much, I'm at a light. It's a red light. Light turns green. I go. Young lady guns it, thinks she can make the red light. Hits, you know, the driver's side right on the front quarter panel. So anyway, the car will be okay. Her car was destroyed pretty much. We were all right. Later on that evening, we said, you know what? It's been a heck of a day. Let's have some drinks. Let's go to a nightclub. Um, let's just have a good time. We'll Uber it there, Uber it back did that. And apparently there were some people there that I found out afterwards had COVID and failed to mention it to anybody. So I like you had the jab was vaccinated. Um, and so was everybody at my wife's party, small party, small get together, friends and family, about 25 of us, give or take a couple. And you know, day after the party, she starts having symptoms Sunday. She tells me, no, this feels a little different with the breathing and my lungs on Monday, I want to do the responsible thing and I want to go get a COVID test. And so sure enough, she goes in 20 minutes later, comes back positive. Um, and, and then of course, you know, we we go through all the precautions and isolating and everything else that comes with that. So luckily, luckily, look, it seems like the vaccine did exactly what it was supposed to do. And what it's supposed to do is not prevent it completely, um, but prevent it for most. And in, in breakthrough cases, like my wife and I, you know, make sure that the symptoms aren't uh, life-threatening or severe, and that—that's absolutely been the experience, luckily for us so far. And so, you know, she's a week into it now. I'm ten days into it, symptom-free, and that's—that's that's my COVID story. <laughs> so, hey, I'm back. I'm here. I'm glad I didn't miss an episode. Ta-da! I'm
1: glad that everyone's okay, both from the accident and from the COVID. It's a Amazing what happens when you have the uh, vaccine, as you know, we're learning all too well. And so, like you were saying on the podcast last week, facts are facts, right? You only have to look at, um, you know, places like Alabama who are literally out of, you know, whatever, uh, intensive care beds or emergency room beds uh, this week. And so, um, yeah, a a lot more to to say there, too, I guess. Um, I'll ramble for a bit if you don't mind. You know, I think everybody is tired of coronavirus i think it's been with us for uh approaching two years now and i think as a populist we've been uh, told a lot of things uh, told to believe a lot of things and uh, you know people hijack that for their own <laughs> goals uh right politically yeah. and, and media wise and so um what was I going to say? Um, and even, you know, government agencies like the the CDC going back and forth on the, the mask guidance and, and being so, I guess this is the point I wanted to make, is being so um, confident in it, right? Mm. Like, remember, remember when we didn't have to wear the masks because the science was clear? Like, that's what the, the, the head of the CDC was saying, Rochelle Walensky back then, right? The science is clear. If you get the jab, you don't have to uh, wear the mask. And now... Uh, The tweet in the past couple of weeks was, the new science is clear, (laughs) (laughs) right? And so that's literally what the the tweet said. So this is where people are getting, I think, uh, tired and fed up and um, you get all these regional and, um, you know, partisan draws and, and bends on things here in Washington. Uh, I don't know where you're at in Texas. Actually, I do know where you're at in Washington. We got the mask mandate back. Like, and what's so funny about the mask mandate is, and, you know, I'm not anti-mask and I'm not anti-science, but the mask mandate itself, like, doesn't. It just doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't pass the correct sense thing. Correct. Like, it starts on the 23rd, so like for the next three days, like we're all good. Like that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so and then also like when i walk up to like i just went and picked up my lunch and they were asking you to like wear your mask when you're in line but the people who were sitting down like no mask like i can't do the non-common sense thing like my brain will not allow me to do that so like soon i'm gonna have an altercation i sense it coming because my brain says nah man like like don't comply like Don't like, I can't. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, and it's not because I want to infect people, and it's not because you know I don't believe the new science or whatever it is, it's because. Um, if I'm standing five feet from someone who's not wearing their mask when they're sitting down, it just—it literally doesn't hold water. And so when things don't hold water for me, you know, what I call it like I see it. And so I have to call it like I see it now. And uh, I think a lot of other people are doing the same. And at the same time, I have to call it like I see it with simple science and uh, the vaccines, which we talked about last week. You know, so if you got to put me into a camp like we got to do with everybody these days, I'm pro vaccine and and, uh, and I'm an anti-masker.
0: And look, speaking from the perspective of someone that either just got over or still has COVID, um, was vaccinated, spent the whole fucking year in my house, like not going out, other than, you know, socially distant gather distant gatherings in my backyard, um, did the right thing, waited for the vaccine, got the vaccine, got the second shot. Um, yeah, I'm 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 in the same camp. Like we can, we can. It's not a partisan point. It's not a, 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 a talking point for me. It's common sense and science, like you say, right? And so even after this experience, you know, I had someone say, well, yeah, see, the vaccine doesn't work. And I said, listen, we had a party of 25. There's two positives. We have minor symptoms. It actually is proving the point of the vaccine. Now you can be against the vaccine for other reasons. And that is completely up to you. Um, I, I, I respect that. And, and, and you can, you can do with your body as you will, the same way that I respect a woman's right to choose. Um, I respect anybody's right to, 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 not have to put a vaccine in their body that they're, they're against for whatever the reason may be. But again, just be accountable, you know, and, and on a somber note, I talked last week about, you know a a couple that are close acquaintances to us and you know their father was in ICU and, and and he was one of the few um people that actually because we have such low ICU capacity now um here in Texas and specifically here in Austin <clears throat> he was on a ventilator he was in ICU and unfortunately on Friday you know the uh, on my wife's birthday party they they, they were going to stop by and they couldn't because he passed away mm-hmm. um and 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 you know again it's um there there, there's it's not to say it wouldn't have happened had he been vaccinated um but fuck that's a hell of a question to have to ask right and and so you all out there do what you will um but there, there, there there is legitimate science to follow and i completely understand the skepticism of government and government institutions and if anybody knows me and mr nick hodge I think we're as skeptical as anyone out there, and we like to vet shit and and, and ask upside, you know, <laughs> uh, ask questions, and then ask them upside down, and then ask them again, and ask a different person, and you know, ask it in a different way, and um, then you have to come to your own conclusions. And so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm still not wearing a mask, um, and 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 also I'm vaccinated. and I'm glad I am, and if the booster shot comes in a couple of months. Uh, I'll wait a couple of months because now I'm super fucking, Nick, I'm super protected. I had a vasectomy. (laughs) (laughs) I had two shots. I got a booster coming. Like, I feel like I'm the king of the world right now. I can pretty much do anything I fucking want and I'm going to be all right. (laughs) As long as my wife approves, right? But um, look, jokes aside, everyone. Uh, let's 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 just have more fact based conversations. Um, I've I've been trying to drive that narrative here since everybody's so narrative based now the past couple of months and years on this podcast. Just saying, look, we're all a whole lot more alike than we are different. Quit looking for reasons to fucking disagree on things. Um, it's okay to disagree. Let's do so in a civil way, and uh, I hope we can do more of that. You know, I I I made a comment last night. I, I there was a picture of you know, a heartbreaking picture. We'll get into Afghanistan and the fucking debacle that that is. And, you know, the bungling of it by, in this case right now, is Mr. Biden's fault. It's the president's fault. You're you're in charge. You take the cake. You had intelligence, heads up and warnings and, you know, it, nobody acted on those apparently. And so he gets the blame for this specific circumstance, the pullout, right? And the people that are stuck there. But, you know, I, I, I made a comment because somebody on Twitter posted something uh, with the image of, uh, you know, people fleeing for their life kids and women and men you know crowded on a plane trying to escape and the one fucking thing that this person and i'm friendly with this person no no disrespect to them they know who they are if they're listening the one thing they got from that picture was where's the mask mandates when it comes to immigrants and i'm sitting here going Dude, with all due respect, you come from a background where your people were persecuted religiously. Um, for 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 you know, 20 million of your people got slaughtered, right? And the next comment was, well, how come they're not picking up arms and fighting back? And I'm just like, how tone deaf can you possibly be? How little empathy can you show for for people in a situation that's desperate to say the least? It's desperate to say the least and we can talk about and we will we'll talk about you know the 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 blood that's been spilt on all sides and the treasury that's been spent and the pointlessness of it all um but that doesn't mean that we can't have empathy for people going through a situation like that the same way that you know frankly it pisses me off that nobody gives a shit about what's going on in Mexico really you know we're we're going on 3 350,000 people dead over the last decade in the country where my parents live and I have a ton of family and I can't go back. My dad, it's been a hell of a week. I didn't share this with you either. My dad just had prostate surgery yesterday. Thankfully, it went really well and he's doing really well. I spent the entire week, Nick, after my car accident and my COVID thing, Jeez, um, nice. hoping, hoping that my father's surgery wouldn't go bad, that he woke up from the operation because if he did not I was going to have to make a really, really, really tough decision about whether I could go or not because of how delicate the situation is in, in the state and the town that I'm from. And so, you know, I had an aunt that passed away a couple of months ago. I couldn't go down. I talked about that on this podcast. And so again, just for, for, for people that are out there and just, I know Twitter isn't the fucking real world, but I actually have had real conversations with this person before. And, and, and I think they're they're, they're I think the guy's a good guy. Um, like, just read the room a little bit, man. And and, and, and you know, whatever whatever your partisan beliefs are, your beliefs about immigration or your beliefs, those are just people just trying to live, man, and get their kids to safety. And I don't know how anybody could fault anybody for that. Um, so anyway, that's my rant on that.
1: Oh, and it's a good one. Of course, the masks don't matter in a humanitarian situation like that. And we can talk more about Afghanistan if you want. But yeah, I think, uh, like I say, people are wearing thin, they're looking for reasons to, uh, be upset and they uh, haven't realized at least for the large part, that the only thing that they really have to manage is themselves, right? Like that, all that extraneous stuff, uh, unless it's impacting you directly at the time, it's, you, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, worry about that. And at the, in the same breath, it's the reason, unfortunately, that, um, we as a society and even me as an individual keep places like, you know, Mexico or, you know, pick them over the years, you know, Sudan, um, Haiti, kind of Cuba. Right, right. Haiti, even now, 2000 people dead in that earthquake. And so, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, that's the the way the, the Western world has. Uh, developed. And I'm not sure whose fault that is, but to go out there looking to be like a Karen about that sort of stuff is, you know, not necessarily how I want to spend my time.
0: No, no. I mean, we, we, we can be better, everyone. We can be better. We could find ways to help. We can find ways to, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, this person happens to live in Florida. I don't sit there and say, Hey, it's fucking people in Florida that aren't getting vaccinated that are taxing the healthcare system. And I'm having to pay taxes on a federal level to help subsidize that. Of course I don't say that. Because that would be a fucking tone deaf thing to say when people are dying. And I know people in Florida, right? (laughs) Exactly. Anyhow, gold is boring again. Let's get back to it. Aren't you glad COVID has slowed me down so much, Nick, and I'm calmer and more peaceful now? 15 minutes. Here we go. (laughs) Gold closed at 1781. We said a week or two ago. That gold had better hurry the hell up and get its ass back close to 1800, or we might see a breakdown um, that was a whole lot more consequential than the little flash crash that we saw. It's reacted beautifully, right? After the whole August 9th, August 10th dip to that 1720 ish level. You know, here we are on August the 20th, right back at 1781. This in the face of a strengthening dollar, which closed at 93.44. You know, the 10 year still below 130. Um, It's clear to me. It's clear to me that 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 capital is sniffing out what you sniffed out. We talked about this a little bit the past two weeks as well, so I won't belabor the point. but it's sniffing out the rotation that's happening and that there is a a a, a change, uh, a miss. and 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 I think that the gold price holding up while the dollar is strengthening, while the major U.S. indices continue to make record highs and the crypto, you know, the the better ones anyhow, the bitcoins and the ethers uh, ethereums of the world continuing higher. Um, all of that tells me that, 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 that capital, big capital, big money is looking for a happy home that at the very least isn't abusive to it. Right.
1: I mean, turn, turn, turn. That's, uh, what the market's doing. And it's, uh it got people uh, a bit con- confused because things are looking for direction, including still gold. I think, you know, that, that, yep. that pull, that pullback to, uh, uh below 1700 it was very very fast but it also was you know right to the screws where it pulled back to in 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 March the gold price I'm talking about and so um I think it's wanting to to gain energy to to bounce higher off that level off that high 16 1700 level I I think you know who am I? But anyway, I think that, you know, if I would want to to bounce higher than 1900, I would want to take one more bounce on that trampoline off that like 1700 level to really make sure I got over it. That's just the fat guy jumping on a trampoline. I don't know what the gold price is going to do. <laughs> um, it's, it's Other things don't make up their mind either. So, you know, uh, the big things like you're talking about, where's capital going to go? I don't think capital knows. And that's, you know, why things are are turning or, or rotating you got the dollar going above uh resistance and then coming right back down to it is it support or resistance i can't make up its uh, mind and similarly with the uh, the bond yields and it's because of the whole thing we we talked about really not only on this podcast but in the, the newsletters as well is the the persistent inflation and the the growth that's now slowing and we don't know how long the the growth is gonna uh, slow and how slow um, it's truly going to be given the, the Delta variant and, you know, uh, all sorts of stuff. And so uh, that's where we are. Um, um, it's very tough to be committal. I think, you know, I was thinking before this podcast, what we're going to talk about. And I think, you know, not knowing is, is the smartest thing right now. I've got uh, a bit of cash. I tightened up some buy-unders on, on gold names, but, um, you know, for me, I think it's still a little bit defensive. And, and you can see that as real estate's now like the best performing sector for the entire year to date now, in August of the S&P. And that happened very quickly. I mean. mm. um, and the other thing that happened very quickly is, you know, that dollar strength has, mm. uh, you know, Bonked, you know they say bonked here in Washington. I would say bumped. Like I bumped my head in Maryland, but in Washington they bonk their heads. So, hmm. Anyway, it's weird, right? Dialectal thing. But yeah. um, that rising dollar bonked uh, copper and oil prices uh, pretty smartly as well. And you know I don't think that's it. I think that you know copper went down to four dollars, which is sort of a nice place to to bounce off of, right? And you know. If you put a gun to my head, I say that, you know, copper is still in a bull market and is going to continue to be strong and that that four dollars is, is not going to break down. But those are the questions that I think everyone is sort of asking themselves right now if they're not on vacation. Uh,
0: agreed. And, and, and let's be clear, there are lots of people on vacation. We talked about that last week. But there's also some smart capital that's coming in, and I don't want to get into that yet because I'm writing about it for the next issue of Junior Resource Monthly, which will be out by month end, but there's a lot of quote unquote smart, and at the very least you know, deep pocketed capital um that's coming into the gold space, coming into the crypto space, and and coming into the uranium space. And I think we're gonna see that manifest itself in outsized moves here in the next quarter. So should be an interesting end to Q3, should be a fun start to Q4, and a fun end to the year. And when with that being said, I can't wait to get out. You know, to Beaver Creek uh, between September eighth and the eleventh, and go vet new companies and talk to existing companies that that we're invested in and and, and sponsor companies of Resource Stock Digest, um, and then I can't wait to get to New Orleans with 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 you and Brian London and everybody else that'll be out there um, in October. Ah, uh, to present and 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 frankly, to to listen to some of the brightest minds in in, in across multiple disciplines. Danielle Dimartino, Booth, uh, Peter Bookbar, Mister Nick Hodge, Rick Rule, uh, Ron Paul will be there. Can't wait to get his take on this Afghanistan thing because he's been spot on about that for a very 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 long time. As 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 most true libertarians have been, right? Um, so yeah, uh, looking forward to that. We, we, we talked dollar strength. We talked gold. Uh, the major U.S. indices continue to do what they're going to continue to do. Um, I'll leave that there unless you have something to add on the markets there, Nick.
1: Um, no, you touched on on crypto. is, is looking uh, stronger. You asked me about it a couple of weeks ago and I said that you know, I wasn't really doing anything. I was uh, holding. And I think that, you know, holding is, is to the upside here for same reasons that, that you just mentioned. And uh, I guess the only other thing I'd add is that two quick things. Tax law seems to be starting earlier and uh, earlier. I've already started, you know, looking personally at my portfolio in that respect. So I know other people uh, are as well. And the other thing that happens in the fall is, um, you know, exploration activity and news flow picks up. So you got that to look forward to as well.
0: Absolutely. A lot to look forward to. Um, I'll add just one last thing. We still have a lot of assays pending from a lot of quality projects with the with the labs backed up. And I know that's, you know, it's been kind of a a, a bit of a headwind for a lot of share prices that coupled with the summer doldrums, coupled with a host of other things. But um, yeah, I think Q4 is going to be fireworks, man. It should be interesting. Can't wait. Let's, 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 let's get into Afghanistan. Um, one former intelligence official and U.S. Marine who served in Afghanistan told CNBC that while the end result and bloodletting once we left was never in doubt, the speed of the collapse is unreal. Went on to say this is an intelligence failure of the highest order. Um, this is now a a different gentleman, Bill Raggio, a senior fellow at the foundation for defense of democracies, whatever that is. He told CNBC that it's the biggest intelligence failure since 1968. Um, it's, um, (laughs) another Lieutenant said, we did not understand the tribal dynamics. We never did. We think everybody wants what we have. It's cultural obtuseness, obliviousness to their reality. That's Um, not new, man. You mean the the, the, the
1: cultural differences in the Middle East are new? Get the fuck out of here.
0: Thank you. And that was going to be my next point. Let's be absolutely (laughs) fucking clear. We've been at this for two decades. A lot of us called bullshit back in 2001, 2002, 2003, right? Um, more than 6,000 American lives have been lost. Anybody that listens to this podcast or knows me, knows I have the utmost respect for our military and our firefighters, those two especially. Um, over 100,000 Afghans have been killed. I'll say that's on the low. That's That's low-end conservative numbers. And more than $2 trillion has been spent by the U.S. And so for the headline on CNBC's website, under the key points to read, that the speed of the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan has shocked the world is framing it in a way that I think is disingenuous and and for former tel- intelligence officials um to say that it was a result of not understanding the 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 the, the cultural uh, reality um Again, that's complete bullshit, right? It's complete bullshit. I, I I almost wonder, Nick, like I do with Mexico, like I do with a lot of other things. And this is me with my tinfoil hat on, my COVID tinfoil hat on, if this isn't the way it's designed to be. Sure. Right? Instability for the sake of instability, because the more you keep unstable, um, you know, it's kinda like R. Kelly. <laughs> right? And I'm going to compare the U.S. foreign policy to R. Kelly. Yes, I am. I'm going to piss a lot of people off. It's okay. Get mad. R. Kelly is accused of running a sex cult where he would pimp people and bring minors in, boys and girls, underage people, dress them like kids, do the nastiest fucking things with them. But it was all hidden behind a wall of people that enabled that. And as long as they were paid and taken care of, they didn't ask the questions or do the things that any good human would do. Meaning step in and say, this is bullshit. This can't happen. I'm not going to be a part of this. Oh, and you're going to prison forever at the very least. Um, And so this was only made possible by him isolating, you know, different people in different houses in different states. And that's what sex traffickers do. They divide and they conquer. And as long as everybody's too busy suffering their own fight, nobody ever bothers to look around to see what else is going on and to see if there is a pattern. And I'm sorry, but there is no way that our finest intelligence officials for the last 20 years just had no clue that this was the endgame. It took 10 days, Nick, from the time the Taliban said, okay, we're reloaded to get the president to flee and everybody to get the fuck out. And the U S didn't see it coming. I just can't believe that. And if that is the case, then guess what? Y'all should get ready for another nine 11. Cause if that's the case, if we were caught this off guard, not pretend off guard, really, we were caught this off guard with Afghanistan. We got some bigger issues and some bigger problems. Cause I hate to tell it to y'all. Uh, the Taliban ain't the fanciest ain't the most connected ain't the most sophisticated, don't have the the, the best weaponry, um, don't have the best intelligence. If this is the result and it's genuine that we were really caught off guard and we just couldn't see this coming, we are in trouble.
1: I think they could see it coming and I'm talking way out of my expertise. You know, I, I think they could see it coming. I think that they didn't want to uh admit failure i'm not sure that um instability is necessarily the goal as much as uh, perpetual war is for whatever reason um you know i'm not sure the government is that smart to play a 20 year long instability game and plot that from day 1 i think they're more inept and everybody likes their paycheck every two weeks, right? I think it's more a military industrial complex thing um, than it is um, us getting, you know, caught that off guard thing. I thoroughly think our, you know, tracking capabilities and I mean, just think, you know, all this stuff is digital and cyber. We were talking earlier about how we had to find some record, uh, business record. And, <laughs> you know, I found it in, in Google chat from, you know, a year and a half ago. And so um, that's how they're tracking terrorist movements and how they can prevent, you know, big 9-11 incidents, which is always why the, the ground war was stupid. Right. It's right. because, you know, yeah. like... You're not stopping terrorism uh, with that. You know, it's not even where fucking Osama bin Laden was, right? And Thank so, you. Saudi, Ar- <laughs>
0: Saudi Arabia, by the way, 95% we're, of the people on those planes exactly. were from Saudi Arabia. What do we do? We hey. let them go kill one of our journalists. And it's, it's,
1: so it's more a, 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 a military industrial complex thing keeping the paychecks coming for for the, the entire Pentagon and the the millions of people that that supports through Booz Allen Hamilton and Northrop Grumman and Honeywell and and Raytheon I mean I don't think that's any secret and then you know I think that finally uh, the public will was such that and this is actually Biden doing a little bit of great champion fourth turning stuff you know yep uh, is, you know, you know, we got to go. There's there's never a good time to go. And that's always the cover for perpetual war. Right. Look at the sad little girl with the dirty teddy bear. And it's like, yeah, but, um, you know, the Constitution says says otherwise. And we can take um, refugees and, and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, the way we left obviously created a vacuum and, and created problems. But um, that's not greater than uh, the reason that we shouldn't have been there, if that makes sense.
0: A Pandora's box is called a Pandora's box for a reason. And there's no way that this Pandora's box should have been allowed to be open for 20 plus years. $2 trillion later, 6,000 American lives, 100,000 Afghans on the low end of it. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings. The one thing I will give Mr. Biden credit for is that saying, look, never a good time to leave. Um, It's happening now and we'll do everything we can to get Americans out. But be absolutely clear. He takes the cake on... On, on, on not seeing this developing with the speed that it developed and not preparing. Cool. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. No, I say
1: in the world sees in real time. I mean, they're scraping bodies off the wheel wells of planes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah. You, hell, hell of a segue, but you said who could have seen this coming? You know, who's not coming anymore? <laughs> the people only, on, the only fans fans on OnlyFans. OnlyFans <laughs> Oh, man, what is wrong with OnlyFans? They're about to have no fans, Nick. They have decided. <laughs> Let me give some context, right, for everybody out there. So we had this thing called COVID, little thing I'm carrying with me right now. And, um, uh, you know, during, during the pandemic, people, male and female, young and old, were forced, you know, to find supplemental income streams. And so, you know, not everybody was content with whatever the government gave people, 300 bucks, 600 bucks, 1200 bucks. I don't know how much people got. Um, so some people took it upon themselves to become entrepreneurs and uh, get on this new platform at the time called only fans and say, look, I don't need to go through uh, a, a third party to get my content, whatever my content is. That could be teddy bears. That could be unicorns. Um, that could be sexually explicit content. Um, I can set up my own page. I have this platform. I'll give them a little bit of a cut. And um, I can market myself. And a lot of people did very, very well. I talked about this about a year ago about a young lady that was a friend of a friend of ours that was, you know, she went from like hairstylist um making making good, respectable money, you know, four or five thousand a month to making 20, 25 thousand a month and getting all her trips comped, right? So um and and And, and anyway. I
1: told you about the mom with the kids in private school. And so there's been all sorts of OnlyFans stories where the, the school said, Hey, you gotta cut this out with the thing, your kids are in private school. Anyway, there's been all <laughs> sorts of stories
0: like that. We talked about that on the podcast. We did, we did all sorts of success stories. So now OnlyFans has decided that it is banning the one thing that most users go to its site for, which is pornography. And the reason they say they're doing it is that payment processors like MasterCard and Visa are, are, are putting pressure on OnlyFans to no longer have that type of content. And Here we go again with the privacy conversation that we had about Apple and the slippery slope. MasterCard and Visa did this last year with Pornhub. Right. And, you, you know, again, they the, the the reasoning back then, and it may have been valid. And if this is the case and they clean their act up, which it seems like Pornhub has <laughs> no pun intended. um, You know, the the accusations at the time is that the porn site was showing videos containing underage sex and revenge porn and, you know, non-consensual sex rape, all sorts of nasty things. And so if, if that was the case, good on MasterCard and Visa for putting pressure on a porn hub. Now with that being said, it's not like once they cleaned it up, Mastercard and Visa came back. Not the case. But now it's it, it's doing the same thing with OnlyFans. And so OnlyFans is 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 now saying that we're not allowing any explicit content on here anymore. And so I have to wonder, I have to wonder a couple of things. The first thing I wonder is um is and I'm sure somebody is, but is, is somebody out there just, you know, uh <laughs> blueprinting only fans right now and calling it a different name. Um and 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 if that's the case, they're gonna gobble up again, pun intended on that one, market share really, really quick uh from OnlyFans, because I guarantee you that all of those people that are doing really, really well, um, and and then there's a lot, the company generated net revenues of 375 million last year. Um and it expects to hit revenues of 1.2 billion this year. Um, that that capital, like capital in the resource space, like capital in the crypto space, it's going to go elsewhere. And I'm curious to see who develops um, a similar platform. That's curiosity number one. Number two, I'm you'll want to
1: head question. on over to manyvids.com.
0: Let me write that down: manyvids.com. And the second thing I wonder is, will a platform like manyvids.com or whoever invents the next great thing? Make it a crypto payment system only. And this is how, in my weird brain and the way it functions, this is how I see fiat currencies and traditional credit card processing companies, payment processing companies like Visa and MasterCard working their way out of market share, right? Um and this is where, again, I believe that cryptos have a very legitimate future. Bitcoin has a very legitimate future in the way that we transact. Because again, this is something that was good for OnlyFans as long as they needed the content to grow their revenues and generate a certain market cap. And once they got it, just leaving it. Leaving it and banning it and saying holier than thou, not on our platform, forgetting who made them, right? Right.
1: That was who I saw was upset as, I guess, let's go with content creators. Um, <laughs> they were the ones who were saying, look, you guys made your money. Exactly what you just said, allowed us to have this platform. And and then, you know, felt sort of double-crossed that, you know, it was then taken away. And so um, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I saw the many vids thing and, and a tweets That were saying exactly what you were saying you know they were looking at this like licking their chops because obviously the traffic was uh gonna flow their way you make a very interesting point about the credit cards because i mean Mm money is the lifeblood of everything right if you can't collect uh payments you go bye-bye and so um there's a lot of different ways you can talk about that (laughs) Visa visa and mastercard are private companies just like
0: just Twitter like us. and Facebook are
1: private <laughs> companies. I'm going to get there in a second, just like we're a private company. And, you know, we've seen over the, and we talked about this, how Twitter is able to remove people from their platform and is within their rights to do so because uh, they're a private entity. And if you don't like it, you can, you know, start your own Twitter, which I guess, you know, maybe some people are um, trying to do. And then, you know, I'll meander for a bit, I guess. Hopefully, I can come back. You know, one of the questions there is when the platform becomes so big uh, that it's ubiquitous or that everyone uses it to communicate, um, do they then have an obligation to uh, free speech or are they then? Uh, too big for their britches, and you've got some of the too big for their britches stuff going on mm. with Facebook in Washington right now. I haven't kept too close an eye on that, but you know, I tend to, to get caught up on that because the, the tech breakup, I think, is a big theme that's been, uh, you yeah. know, uh, brewing for uh, a while, and then yeah, you'd you look at the the payments to to these other uh, platforms, and uh, can they be circumvented and uh, and this is an interesting question, if if MasterCard and Visa are big enough that they can wield that power, how are those companies not trusts or monopolistic mm. in 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 that respect? And so whatever approach you take, I think, you know, one of the answers and that's sort of where you wound up is uh, the crypto uh, workaround for payments, because it's no secret that um, a payment processor can, you know, choose to do business with you or not and assigns you a level of risk. That's sort of how you pay your fees. Right. You know, what tier of, of risk are you into to, to process payments for? And some businesses are uh, more risky than others. And when you operate a business, you know, one of your priorities should be, you know, redundancy of, of payment processing. Right. If one goes bye bye or chooses not to process my payments or gets hacked or for whatever reasons, reason goes down, can I switch to an alternate form of payment processing so I'm literally still in business and can whatever, put shoes on my feet or food in my mouth, or more importantly, my my family's mouth. And so uh, in this in this industry specifically, we've seen some <clears> of that. I mean, uh, I'll talk, you know, Agora has, you know, had this problem with, with Visa as far as you know, what the the promises they make in their their advertising and sales copy and the refund periods um, that they allow and their aggressive sales tactics and also the level of chargebacks, right? People calling their credit card company to uh, protest or contest a charge instead of dealing with the company from uh, which the charge generated, you know, all that plays into it. And so, you know, I guess that's about it. I've taken the long way home, but that's We have mentioned DeFi, decentralized finance on this podcast before, and and that's exactly what that is, a a workaround so you don't have to use uh, centralized institutions like uh, Visa, MasterCard. Instead, you use decentralized finance with uh, tokens or cryptos that have uh, their own uh, apps or or software built on top of them. And I guess specifically, you know, that's why people turn to uh, Ethereum and I, I guess that's about all
0: I got on that. Like Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. The future, obviously, is going to look a lot more different um, than I think even, even the most visionary amongst us believe. Um, and, and stuff like this is going to expedite that change. Classic fourth turning stuff. Um, and just the hypocrisy of it all. Right? The hypocrisy of it all. When I go to P10, my favorite strip club in Austin, because they have Tito's again, FYI, they have my Tito's back, so I quit going for a while because of the pandemic thing, and you know I haven't been there in a little bit, but the last time I was there, they got my Tito's back, so I made the mistake of not having cash in hand, Mr. Hodge, and so what do you do when you're in an establishment where you know people depend on you tipping to make their living and for you to be entertained? Right. You, you go to the ATM in the corner. You go to the ATM in the corner, that long walk of shame, right? And then you know when you go to the ATM in the corner, like you gotta make it count because you don't want to have to go back again. And you know why you don't want to have to go back again? Because it's a $10 fee. No, it's 16 now, Nick. Inflation oh has got us. It's $16 now if you're withdrawing anything above a hundred bucks. 16% to get my hundred dollars out so I could give it away to the same people that just charged me the 16%, except, of course, it's not the same people because the establishment doesn't get it. The processing companies get it. And so, again, um, credit cards, good for good for weapons, and I'm very pro-Second Amendment. Uh, good for guns, good for AR-15s, good for ammunition, good for Tito's, good for titties. Apparently not good for nudity online that's consensual and verified um, interesting times, interesting times. I, 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 I don't know what else to say other than the hypocrisy of it all. Um, and, and hypocrisy brings me to, 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 to my, my next thing with, with Purdue pharmaceuticals. And I know you opined on Twitter earlier cause I saw it, but, um, you want to tell the world here and people that aren't familiar with Purdue pharmaceuticals, these assholes are now looking to negotiate with their lobbyists.
1: I mean, the saga has been so ongoing uh, and there's so many layers and it's affected so many people that it's impossible to to recap here. But the Sackler family is the family that's behind Purdue Pharma, which is uh, the family that was you know, behind the widespread predatory opiate distribution that occurred, um, which led to the opioid crisis in the country through which uh, a lot of people ended up losing their lives. So... <laughs> Now they're saying that uh, they want immunity. They're they're going to withdraw the money that they offered to pay for uh, programs for people affected by what they did. And they're saying, unless you give us broad legal immunity, we're not going to help these people. And I was just thinking that.
0: If somebody doesn't go arrest those motherfuckers. I mean, we, we are dealing with like the modern day fucking genocide almost of of, of, of a vulnerable group of people. And you said it really well on, on, on Twitter, Nick. And I know this hits home because you lost somebody very close to you, your brother-in-law. I've lost people. Um, we all, everybody in America has either lost somebody to death, to addiction, to wh- whatever the case may be. Nobody, nobody has a family in the United States that hasn't been affected by these assholes. And and, and for them to admit in court um, that, yeah, they're, 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 their marketing was predatory, that, yeah, they looked the other way, that, yeah, they encouraged their pharmaceutical reps to go prey on people the way pimps do, um, the way kingpins do, the way people go and decimate entire neighborhoods. Um, they did this to an entire country, an entire country, And for these assholes to get lobbyists and say, hey, you know what, we've already given you $573 million um, to to, to go ahead and settle um, opioid claims. And I'm sorry, that was McKinsey. That that, that was a different group. But part of the settlement was that they were going to give hundreds of millions of dollars to certain, certain victims that had filed class action lawsuits. Which again isn't bringing anybody's people back. It's not bringing anybody back. The pain is there; it's forever. It's not going away. The least these fuckers can do is have some decency. The fact, the fact that they haven't been arrested, the fact that they even get to do this in a public forum without consequences is beyond me. It's beyond me. There was a guy this week that went to the fucking Capitol building and said he was going to blow the place up if he didn't get to talk to Mr. Biden because he thought Donald Trump should be the president. Something about what he hears on TV or understands about the most recent election or understands about President Trump motivated him enough to go park in front of the Capitol building and say that he had a bomb and he was going to blow some shit up. The fact that the Sackler family that was directly involved in all of this and is complicit, um, hasn't been charged with the crime. And the fact that more hasn't been done to bring consequence to those actions is beyond me. And it goes back to my point about the things we argue about, the things we w- we are willing to engage our energy into. And then the things that we're just like, mm, I'm at a loss for words for, for once. And I don't know how long.
1: Yeah, I think I'm back. I'm sorry. I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm you know, I think that the people that it affected, uh, at least at the onset and, and to a large extent, um, weren't people that have uh, voices. And it's easy to, to view it as a, a drug problem uh, and an addiction problem. And, and to a certain extent, I, you know, I have those uh, views as well. And I certainly think that, you know, everyone is responsible for themselves. It's sort of, you know, one of my core tenets. But um, when you're being coerced, unknowingly at the institutional uh level then you're not really making decisions of your own volition and free will and if someone is knowingly coercing you to make decisions that uh, aren't in your uh, best interest and that lead to consequences certainly that include addiction and uh, death and it's as widespread as it was then then certainly you've got to be uh, held accountable because that's not uh you know, the failing of millions and millions of individuals, that was the failing of this family and that institution that, um, well, I just said it, you know, coerced their their free will. And and, and that's a crime. And so, um, yeah, lots of people were affected. And I know lots of people don't have a a, a voice. And I, I just think to, to be that callous about it, to say, you know, hey, we're not going to we're not going to help if you don't give us immunity is I mean, it's just. Too indicative of, of all the problems in the in the in the justice system,
0: really, and it's still going on. So, a couple of points. Look, the first one is I encourage everybody to go see a documentary on HBO called "The Crime of the Century" because I believe this was I believe this was the crime of the century, um, and and it's it's really really well done. It's, Go to HBO, look it up, rent it, stream it, whatever you do. Um, it, it, it's absolutely worth your time. Um, if you're not as familiar with some of the details, it, it does a great job of personalizing it while keeping the macro perspective in place. That's the first thing. The second thing is this shit's still going on. Like when I got my vasectomy, I, 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 I chose to not be sedated. I said, I don't I do not do medicine well. I don't even like Tylenol and Advil. Um, as long as you're going to numb that area there, Clip away. I'm I'm kind of curious. I'll check it out. We'll have a good 20-minute conversation. I am good. I don't want to be sedated. I don't be walking around, you know, groggy and and, and, and not clear headed, not being able to drive home. Went in, 20 minutes, had a great conversation with the doctor, did what he did, walked out, jumped in the car, drove away, came home, four days later, back at the club, right? Um, but in my little to-go bag, my care bag, was a 30-day prescription of the equivalent of oxycodone, right? It, it was, I forget the name of it, but it was, it, it's, it's the exact same thing. It's like the geric, generic name for it. And I'm like, well, why the fuck do I got this? So I called the doctor. I said, doc, I said, I, I i didn't even choose for you to sedate me with an IV. Like, I don't need this. Like, and he said, well, if I don't give it to people, they usually get upset. So I just throw in a a, a 30-day prescription for it. So I got a little bottle with 30 of these things. And I'm like, well, what if I didn't, what if I just thought that this was just something to help with whatever little minor ache I had and it turned into something else, right? Because that's happened to a lot of people. Yes, there are a lot of situations where clearly people are looking to abuse the drug. There's also been situations where people have a toothache. They think they're just popping something that's, you know, going to relieve the toothache. And a month later, they, they, they fucking need some more. And so 30 days later, my local CVS calls me and says, Gerardo, it's time. It wasn't even a person, Nick. It was an automated message. That's how fucking crazy the system is. They call me and they say, "Gerardo Del Rio, it's time to renew your three-month prescription of whatever the name of the thing is—the the name of the prescription—to renew and pick up. Press one." I didn't even have to talk to a person, and so of course I'm like, "No, hang up." I get the same call three weeks later. And I'm sitting here going, okay, like, I don't even know what these things run or what people sell them for, what people do with them. But I'm like, off of a 20-minute procedure that I didn't even choose to be sedated for, I could have had a four-month prescription, that's a third of a year, and been popping these things like Skittles high out of my mind, because it's just, it's just pill heroin, right? Let's be absolutely clear. Um, and in and, and in many cases a lot worse than heroin. Um And again, this isn't something that has stopped. They're dressing it up in different ways. They're calling it different things. They're writing articles and making documentaries. These assholes need to go to prison or it's not going to make a difference. As long as you can buy yourself out of the legal trouble you get into with, with, with a fraction of the profits that you make by addicting a whole generation of people, um, it, there has to be some accountability. I don't know what else to say or how loud to yell or how much to curse or who the hell to call, but something's got to happen.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, we set aside the opiates for uh, a second. I think just the prescription drug use in America in general has been a problem for a long time. I've uh, written about in years past the number of people who were on uh, antidepressants and things, for example, as you know, sort of anecdotal evidence that, you know, things weren't right in the country, either, um, you know, something wrong with the populace, that that many people are depressed, something wrong with the system that's depressing them, or, or something wrong with the uh, the pharmaceutical industry that's, uh, you know, allowing that many, uh, and, 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 and doctor industry that's allowing that many scripts to get uh, written. You know, I also think that, and call me crazy, but I don't think (laughs) you should be allowed to advertise drugs on, on television. Um, you know, there's a million drug commercials now. Like if you got this symptom or that symptom, you know, (laughs) (laughs) call call your doctor and, and get this thing it's like well you're just inviting people to and that's obviously what an advertisement is you're inviting people to like come get your drug i think that you know you should make an appointment with your doctor if you're experiencing something something and then it should be diagnosed and you can talk about courses of treatment i don't think you should go to the doctor with a certain prescription in mind right and so yeah call me uh crazy and then i also think that Uh, I don't think it's a a fact, the the number of people, and I'm going to read for one second so I get the stat right, that are on um, more than one drug and not even more than one, Gerardo, five or more drugs. Here's the statistic. In 1994, 13.8% of older adults were on five or more drugs. Uh, And now, uh, excuse me, two decades later, that was over 42, over 42%. Yeah. So, I mean, the number of people on five drugs going from thirteen point eight to forty two percent in twenty years. People taking five drugs or more, and so uh, we're obviously a prescription culture. But um, I think that that has uh, room to be uh, reined in. Uh, obviously, starting with uh, the Sackler family, which we just started, but also in the the advertising and things.
0: I uh, yeah, I I don't know what it's going to take. Um, but yeah, there has to be some accountability there. Uh, Um, there's even
1: drugs. Sorry, no, go ahead. There's even drugs for interactions now. Like you take this, like if you're on these two drugs, like you take this drug for like the interactions that it creates. It's
0: it's it's crazy. It's insane. And again, you don't even have to ask. In my case, I didn't want it. I was super clear. I don't want anything. I don't want to be sedated. I don't want your prescription. I certainly don't want a refill of something I never took. I still have it. I don't know whether, where to turn it in, right? I got to call my pharmacist and ask me where to turn this stuff in because I don't want to give it to anybody because I'm afraid somebody's going to get addicted to this stuff and then I'm going to be responsible. It's going to be, you know, in my energy space and I don't want that on me. So um, clearly a rigged system. Um, there's, there's, there's women and men and all sorts of people that have gone to prison for decades on end for nonviolent drug offenses you know for marijuana for 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 stuff that has never killed a person they've done decades had their family tree decimated um and these assholes have the nerve to go out in public hire some lobbyists and 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 threaten threaten to withhold victim compensation if they're not granted immunity do you know how fucking confident you have to be in the crookedness of the system nick to talk that shit
1: I mean it's uh, so apparent that you, you you it fosters that that confidence, right?
0: Ridiculous. Um it's been it's been a great conversation. This has been great. Here's a fun fact to leave y'all with, in case you think it's just, you know, the justice system that's rigged or, you know, uh you name it, drug policy, war on drugs, war on the poor people, war on peace, all of that. Um the Fed just released their balance sheet this week, Nick. It's up $96 billion in seven days. So that's about $15.87 million bucks a second. And you think that I believe that they're going to talk tapering? Oh, yeah. By the way, they also just canceled uh, the Jackson Hole meeting. It's going to be virtual now. It's not canceled. It's going to be virtual because of the Delta variant and concerns there. So, if any of y'all under are, are are under any like illusion that we're gonna get a taper anytime soon, I have news for you. just watch what they do, not what they say. I don't even think they'll say it anymore
1: Well, you you're getting a bit of taper tantrum here you also had the repo market go to a record over. Oh, gosh, what was the number? I think it was all ones, 1.11 trillion. And so, you know, that speaks to what we were talking about in the earlier market section of this podcast, right? People being uh, angsty, not knowing which way this rotation is going to go, looking for a place to park park that cash. And the banks are clearly content to uh, park some cash with the Fed in the overnight repo facility, right?
0: Yep. There you go. Mr. Hodge, anything else you want to get off your chest?
1: I have to tell you about the outdoor deaths. I know we're Oh, oh the weird the two-
0: outdoor deaths. Yes, I'm going to about the Yes, I, yes, I yes, got to yes.
1: do it. And then next week we'll do the, the tax. but uh, there's deaths. I mean random deaths and so um in multiple states just uh animals and people going outside here in Spokane Uh, A couple of weeks ago, it didn't make national news, but because it wasn't a person, these dogs, uh, this family had a bunch of dogs. They lived along the Spokane River, and the dogs every day would go swimming in the river. Um, Fine. And then a couple of weeks ago, they went swimming in the river, and all the dogs came back and died. And um, they don't know why. They still don't know why. Um, They were doing toxic algae samples and um, I haven't heard the results on that. I should probably Google it, but it just seemed super weird. I remember scratching my head going, huh, that's pretty fucking weird. And then like this week, there was this family in California who went out for a hike um, and also died with their uh, dog and young daughter just seemingly uh, on their hike. No uh, foul play, nothing like that. And uh, the government's saying, you know, they'd Don't know if it's some sort of uh, poison or fungal or they're doing tests. And so it just, I don't know, it it seemed uh, weird enough to to mention because I've heard about multiple instances. And so I don't know. My ears were perking up.
0: Well, and again, my weird brain and the way it works. I go back to a year and a half ago when the cows were ended up being gutted with no evidence of anything. Right. Wasn't that in Spokane?
1: Oh, no, I don't think that was in Spokane, but I, I have to look that up. No, I don't think that was here.
0: You, you remember there were a bunch of animals everywhere? I don't know if it was in Spokane. I thought it was somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I could be way off on that. But I know uh, that there, there were there were animals and, and I was pretty, I'm pretty sure they were cows. And we talked about it here um, a year or a year and a half ago. And, and they were just ending up completely gutted and sucked them all blood and just carcasses. And nobody could oh. figure out what the hell was going on.
1: I do remember talking about it, but I don't remember
0: where it was, no. Yeah, super weird,
1: right? I mean, especially a family just dropping dead out on a hike.
0: Anyway. It's a bizarre world, Nick. Yeah, I know. That's all I got this week, Nick. Anything else? No, that's it. All right, everyone. I could be here forever because I'm not going anywhere like I was telling Nick before this episode because I got COVID and so does my wife, but... It's been a great week. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Be kind to each other. Find ways to agree. Find ways to disagree civilly. Be thoughtful. Be kind. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 131, I believe, of Bizarro World. Send us off, Nick. See ya.